everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities Presents Hometown Hunts. I am your host, Kat Cloco. With me tonight, I have Christina Wald and Jennifer Kohler. And we're going to be talking about our own personal hometown haunts, introducing ourselves, who the heck we are, and also sharing a little bit of information about the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities comics anthology, which we've been working on. Hey, Christina, how are you doing hey, tonight? Good, good. How are you doing, Jen? I'm doing good. <laughs> Excited for the first podcast? Yes. <laughs> Woo! Yay! Clearly, I'm excited. Um, so just... For all of our listeners and watchers out there, viewers, I think you're viewers. (laughs) Who are you? Where are you right now? And what do you do for a living? Christina, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, I'm Christina Wald and I'm an illustrator and designer. Um, I used to do a lot of industrial design, but not so much anymore. Now I mostly illustrate children's books. So working on the Cabinet of Curiosities and working on my weekly webcomic are a nice diversion from... Um, drawing stuff for kids not that there's anything wrong with that Um, I love that too Um, but you know sometimes it's nice to do stuff that's more for adults I mean and uh, my role in the cabinet is I've been working as project manager and um, I illustrated the comic about Satan's Hollow which I dragged poor Jen to look at a couple weeks ago (laughs) oh Jen was the victim (laughs) yes uh, we have that clip that we're going to play when we do the interview what did you say I made you exercise (laughs) At early in the morning. I am not a morning person. Yeah. And she made me get up before noon to go walking and it was hot. Oh goodness. Yeah. There were snakes. But it was it was worth it. It was worth it. There were wow. snakes. I there mean, were snakes. Yeah. You were truly legend tripping to find this Satan's hollow. Yes, yes. Um and um I And also- you did find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you did. did find. Well, you know, um, and and this is a separate discussion, um, but it it really is like all those pictures you see of it. It doesn't look like that anymore because some trees have fallen, mm-hmm. and it's and you can't really get to it easily anymore. So we didn't climb over them to get to them or anything. But, yeah, small disclaimer: don't go there. Yeah, don't Just go don't. there. Mm. Um, but it, but it's really. an interesting. It's a weird. The whole area is kind of weird because behind the apartment complex, there's like an abandoned recreational area. It was almost mm-hmm. creepier than... Mm-hmm. Did you get Hollow. photos of that? We did. Yes, Jen, did. Uh, Jen is also a wonderful photographer, and I'm sure we'll be using her talents a lot uh, in this <laughs> podcast. Um, but she, there was like a, a old uh, aquarium. There mm-hmm. was an abandoned play set. There was a really creepy abandoned tennis court. And mm-hmm. it looked like it used to be part of the apartments, but now they all go to the Blue Ash Rec Center. So this is just an overgrown sort of bizarre place behind all these townhomes. It was very weird. Yeah. That sounds yeah. fun. And, yeah, it was it was an it was it was an interesting day excursion. Yeah. <laughs> and um what piqued my interest in the paranormal, I mean, I've always been interested in in the paranormal. Um, you know, I I I think that what we experience as humans is a very small fraction of what's really there um you know and and so i enjoy reading about it and hearing about it and while i think we probably misinterpret a lot of what we see i think there's way more to the world than what we see Mm, that's good full of curiosity how about you jen uh i was raised in st louis 
moved here to Cincinnati when I was a teenager. Um, currently, I'm working for the Cincinnati Enquirer as a page paginator. Hmm. So basically what that means, I make sure the papers I work on go to print. No, oh, um, and that's a very important step. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because if they don't print, them, then I'm in big trouble. <laughs> right. So, um, so what piqued my interest, or well, my connection with the with this podcast is Christina. She just hmm. has been talking to me about it for the past few months, and she just kind of dragged me in. Not that I wasn't an unwilling participant. I love the paranormal. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> my <laughs> she just tried to take you down to Satan's Hollow to be a oh yeah a, a victim. <laughs> I am okay. So my first email address was inner six six six. If that tells you anything, so <laughs> I uh, what piqued my interest in the paranormal as a young child, you know, friends and older friends would tell you these ghost stories or stories about demon possession and stuff like that. It, vampires would scare the living daylights out of me, like. To the point where, like, I would sleep with my lights on and always have my comforter up over my neck. So if a vampire came into my room, it wouldn't bite me because it couldn't see my neck. But, and then in a way... I'm just imagining in my head a vampire crawling through the window and sneaking up to your bed and then going, well, where is she? Yeah. She doesn't have a neck. It's just a head. (laughs) You described exactly what I was seeing in my eight-year-old brain. Mm. So in order to kind of combat that fear and get over it, I started reading these like scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, yes. Mm. And tales from the midnight hour. Mm. And I just devoured those and I got really in into it. And then I'm like, oh, this is fun to be scared. Yeah. Now, like as far as St. Hollows, Satan's Hollow goes. St. Hollows. St. Hollows. I totally went the opposite direction. <laughs> totally. Um, I might be a little bit nervous, but it's if fine. those trees had not been in front of the tunnel, I totally would have gone in that tunnel. Ooh. You know? And but against my better judgment. And so it's probably good that I have obstacles like that because I don't, you know, want to go missing one day and people find me years as a skeleton or something. <laughs> so but as a hobby, uh I take a lot of pictures. Um, I have a degree in writing. So anytime I do sit down and write, I try to write scary vampire stories, ironically. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. <laughs> have, you written a, have you written a short story about the vampires just being confused, sneaking into your room? No, but I should. Well, I Christina written- can illustrate it. Yes. I have written Vampires vs. Zombies, so there's a story about that. I had a comic named that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Future future, uh, Corpse Flower Flower Press. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Expand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Future comic. Yes. Yeah. So, So, yeah. I like all that stuff. Yeah. Actually, that would be a really cute kid's (laughs) book about the vampire that couldn't find you because you had your neck hidden. (laughs) That would be a very cute kid's book. That would work really well. That is a good idea. So we've gone full circle. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But Fright Copyright Night. Copyright us. <laughs> Copyright us. Do you remember Fright Night, the original from like 1983? Of course. I'm probably the yeah. only one here that was like able to watch it. Yeah. Normally. Living, 
scared the living daylights out of me. Not I didn't really. watch it again until I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. And it still scared me. Because <laughs> it's because that's kind of a funny movie. I mean, I, I, no, it, I don't know. It just. Ugh. I've never <laughs> seen it. Of, oh, it's kind of like Revenge of the Nerds meets Vampire movie to me. I mean, I always thought it was yeah. like this nerdy guy and, and the bad neighbor and, you know. Yeah. I wonder what parts of Revenge of the Nerds it is like. <laughs> anyway. It's pretty campy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty campy. Yeah. But I guess if you were a little kid, you would be scared. Yeah, scared crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, when I was little, I was afraid of um, of beach balls because there was a Chips Ahoy oh. commercial where the beach ball turned into a monster and everybody <gasps> was really scared. And so mom said I cried at the beach because I was afraid of the beach ball. Oh, <laughs> so sad. I know. Cute. <laughs> Yeah, bad yeah. marketing bad marketing i know it, <laughs> it was a claymation series wasn't it didn't chips ahoy have claymation for a really long time that for I their don't commercials know. yeah I, at least when i was growing up i, I remember a few at least mm-hmm. that were claymation or animated to look like it mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think i do have a vague recollection mm. yeah. you know. fun fact mm-hmm. i'm not a big horror movie fan really <laughs> mm-hmm. unless it's psychological stuff like the ring um oh, yeah yeah it body horror no mm-mm. yeah uh, mm-mm. It's, it's just i've i can't watch gremlins because of it Aww. so yeah but I you got gremlins. ghostbusters and beetlejuice and that's my jam there so you go. Oh, i love Be- we go. just watched beetlejuice that's a great movie it is yeah. a movie. I also yeah. love the animated show back in the 90s. Oh, yes, yes. yes. We were talking about yes. that. I, yeah. I uh, was a co-op student at Kenner Toys when they were working on, on the Beetlejuice toys. Oh, fun. And um, we were watching the animated series. Um, you know, I guess this shows my age because I was just dating Troy and got married around the time. But I was only six, really, so it was strange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just teasing because <laughs> uh, that was like the late 80s early 90s when that show was on and, and yeah yeah um, you know yeah but it was a it was a weird cartoon show it was it weird but like, i loved it because yeah. it's like this creepy old dude with this schoolgirl, which right you know, it was weird slightly politically yeah. incorrect but yeah. you know um that's how things rolled back in old cartoons yeah, yeah. i also loved all real monsters that was on yes. nickelodeon I yeah, remember that. that. I didn't movie. watch it, but I remember seeing stuff about it. I never looked at toenails the same way again. <laughs> so, uh, I, but, I've never been a big funny. movie person either. Um, when I was a kid, I was really scared of them. Um, and now when I watch them, I still get... Troy was watching that new It movie on mm-hmm. HBO, and that was really creepy and scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I heard it was pretty good for that. Um, yes. Yeah, I, speaking of claymation or things that scared you as kids, what scared me was the Medusa from, I think it's Clash of the Titans, the original that like, was 78 scary. one. That was creepy. Yeah. yeah, my dad had it on, I think it was network TV back in the early 90s as a replay. And the Medusa comes out and little old me scurries underneath the kitchen table and refused to come out until the TV was off. Oh, so, yeah 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 i don't blame you there <laughs> yeah i'm not a fan of claymation because of that 
Really? Because of, so, so you're not a Harryhausen fan after that. Like I appreciate all the work that he's done mm-hmm. and all the other animators. It's just negative emotions attached to it. So. <laughs> See, you can't shake that. I can't shake it. You as a child. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry, all the claymation <laughs> viewers out there. I respect your work. It terrifies me to my core. <laughs> So, just introducing myself before we move on. I'm Kat Cloco. I am a haunted history writer with Schiffer Publishing. I've written two books, Ohio's Haunted Crime and Haunted Hoosier Halls, Indiana University. I'm the former host of the Paranormal View radio show, and I also am the editor of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities Comics Anthology, and also a writer and illustrator of my own comic series, Witches and Sorcerers, which can be found online webtoon. Before we move on to that, Christina, where can you find your comic? Uh, Embrace the Crone is uh, if you go to embracethecrone.com and I also have a Patreon for it um, mm-hmm. which there's a link on embracethecrone.com that you can yeah. find it. I have my own separate Patreon at Red Cat Comics mm-hmm. and uh, yeah for what piqued my interest in the paranormal oh that's a loaded question um, really so getting into a little bit I was dis- well, I am dyslexic, and the way that my parents got me to start reading was not through goosebumps, not through any other fiction for kids. It was true haunted stories, like oh his- wow, like from local areas. So I started in Ashtabula County, Ohio, home of Ashtabula City, um, and their haunted lighthouses and the the Lake Erie shore. And it just branched off. People started getting me books that were haunted history books. Uh, that's actually how I ended up working with Schiffer Publishing. Because when I moved to Cincinnati, I'm not originally from Cincinnati. I picked up the haunted, like Cincinnati Ghosts book. And they had a call for writers. So that's, I wrote a proposal and ended up becoming a writer with them. But I love legend tripping. Um, anywhere in the world where there's something spooky or interesting or odd i love to go visit it and um, my favorite places to visit are old mental institutions so my number one favorite is penhurst state school in uh, i think it's in pennsylvania the name escapes me of which city but that's my favorite place i've ever been um and have I seen ghosts? Yes. Have I seen aliens? No. Have I seen Big- Bigfoot? I joke that I'm married to him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. Christina and I are both part of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities Comics Anthology Project. I am its editor. As Christina mentioned earlier, she is the really our project manager. And we wanted to talk a little bit about it before sharing a hometown haunt tonight. So Christina, um, we have a lot of interviews already lined up in the next few episodes talking about the different topics. Do you want to share the different stories that we have? In the anthology sure um we have six locations in this book and we're hoping to do this yearly so uh the next book uh which would come out hopefully next halloween uh we'll have six new locations 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year we're doing Ohio River Mermaids, uh, The Loveland Castle, Music Hall, Loveland Frogman, Satan's Hollow, and Sedumsville Rectory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got a, a wide variety of cryptid sightings, haunted houses, and urban legends, and we tried to make it pretty even with our offering. The only thing we don't have are aliens, even though Norwood is known for UFO sightings. Is it really? Well, that's yeah, their water tower. The fun oh. fact: the earthwork. So the Norwood water tower uh, that is sitting up on the hill is actually sitting on top of a Hopewell earthwork. Oh, and uh, the Hopewell uh, culture is attributed by a lot of UFO hunters for being hot spots like Serpent's Mound in Chillicothe. Mm-hmm. Which so, Serpent's Mound was one of the options, I believe, when we were first discussing. This yeah, book. that one's quite a pitch away from Cincinnati. Yeah, isn't book that two. like two hours away? But yeah, book two. It'd yeah. be fun. Still, I've never I mean, been there. I, I it's been so long since I've been there. It's like close to Adams County, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a couple friends that have been there recently. When I went as a kid, it was probably in the seventies. Mm-hmm. or 80s and and back then like everything had cheesy gift shops with really cheesy pre- you know gifts you could get yeah and i suspect it's a little bit more um what's the word i'm looking for respectful of hopefully <laughs> of the uh source material that it's talking about because back right. then it was like it, it wasn't perhaps as historically scientific and maybe they've improved it since then but i haven't mm-hmm. been there recently Right. So getting back to our the, the first six stories, though, all but one of them are fiction because everyone would take, yes, um, everyone would take a different topic and the writers and the illustrators would do their interpretation of the stories. So Jay Kalagayan and Dylan Speak do Ohio River Mermaids, which is a fun 1894 romp of mermaid sightings in the Ohio River. And they do a wonderful take on interpreting that story and making it much more contemporary, I would say. And they also do some very wonderful, Dylan did wonderful, it almost looks like woodblock prints, how he illustrated it. Because it's, he, what was it? He said that he started with an all black. Almost like a scratch board. Yeah, almost like a scratch board. So reverse um, how you would put things together. And then we have the Loveland Castle and Rodney Fike interpreted the history of that in the ghost stories there. And very Twilight Zone-esque, I think, in the way that he presented that material. Mm-hmm. Our friend Brendan Wagner does the Cincinnati Music Hall, which is built on top of an orphanage and a pauper's field. Yes. So, totally haunted. And every time they do renovations on it, they just find more and more skeletons. It's well, and his story focuses on something uh, you had not, you said, mm-hmm. you'd not, and I'd not heard of it before, the explosion of the... Most of uh, Yeah, and, and how close was that to where Music Hall was? There used to be a canal up Central yeah. Parkway. So, so the Moselle steam engine, I think it was 1838 when it exploded. It was a steamboat, and it was fully loaded and exploded, and it rained body parts all over the city now the city wasn't as expansive as it is now because where cincinnati music hall sits now used to be considered outside the city limits so um it was pretty far away i think at least a mile away from downtown 
Mm-hmm. Um, now it's a very walkable and with the um, people mover that we have, mm-hmm. it's super easy just to take a tour of downtown Cincinnati, which we should do sometime and show off all the different haunted spots. Because we had the lady in green at, was it the Omni Hotel? Oh, yeah. Or is it the Hyatt? Or is it the Hilton? It was probably I forget Omni which one. It's, yeah, the, yeah, that one. Yeah. But continuing on uh, the Loveland Frogman, which Tim Fuller illustrated. And yeah, that's a humorous one. Yeah, that's a humorous one. I, I love it. It's Loveland Frogman on a state. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then you do Satan's Hollow in Blue yes. Ash. Well, yeah, which we were just talking about that in Urban Legends. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, the tack that I take on it is, you know, what I expect that kids just go down there and scare each other. And, um, you know, all these kind of, it seems like Urban Legends become almost like a, um, like kind of one-upmanship, like things keep adding, you know, keep adding to the story. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's, and you kind of scare your friends and, you know, I remember when I was young, you know, you always wanted to go out and do adventure things and stuff. And, and that's yeah. kind of what this is. And I think that kids like to get into things like old buildings and, and, uh, you know, in this case, drain systems. And there's all yeah. this lore that's completely ridiculous. If you look at, you know, the tiny yeah. spaces they're expecting this happened in, but, you know, it plays into the very real fears of stranger danger and, mm-hmm. and a, a dangerous outside world when you you're kind of i mean it seems like urban legends is that uh you you probably know a little bit better is that more of a um almost like a suburb thing i mean i suppose urban legends have also probably been folk tales but that's like the modern folk tale yeah so interesting thing is urban legends are pretty well studied by sociologists and cultural anthropologists myself being a cultural anthropologist by training and we have a lot of different pretty prolific writers. Um, Brumfield, I believe is his last name. He's a professor. He's written everything since the sixties, just writing about and uh, archiving all the different urban legends and folklore, contemporary folklore, and even fake lore. That's the other fun thing that people don't really think about too much. A lot of hoaxes, uh, the stuff that you see on the internet is actually considered fake lore where it just sounds almost real but it's not um but with the urban legend if a lot of times follows the friend of a friend motif so it will never have happened to somebody you actually know but a friend of their friend so you always have that soft cushion space socially where it's just distant enough that it still could have happened but far enough away that it you don't feel immediately threatened so There's a lot of ghost stories and a lot of urban legends that follow that. I specialize in all the creepy ones, but it doesn't necessarily have to be creepy where you have an urban legend. So, and you still see them prop up to this day on social media. And I still take a, try to tell people and educate them saying, no, you really need to look into where these stories are originating, who's creating them. Even with the, um, Satan's Hollow urban legend that you pointed out. Why that drain? You asked that off air. Why that drain? Why not the other drain? And the great thing about urban legends is they change from location to location. So one of the early studies that I did was my own case study 
was how Bloody Mary was different in different locations in the 60s and 70s. How she was summoned, how she appeared, what she would do when summoned, those are all different. Now with the internet, a lot of it has become a generalized story. Like the Slender Man. He's he's an urban legend because I was part of the forums when he was created. (laughs) Really? That's very fascinating. Yeah, so I know I have beaten this drum before on other radio shows, but I was part of the Something Awful forums with our, um, just, we had Photoshop Friday contests, and Slenderman won the topic, which was take old photos and make them look creepy. And it was just a huge variety of different uh, people submitting photos, and the Slenderman photo set was the one that won that week. Um, My other favorite, which was a different topic, which was taking classic paintings and making them geeky. And my favorite was somebody put the bat signal in Starry Night by Vincent Van Gogh. So, (laughs) which I know I've seen it over and over again by different artists since then. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at the mid-aughts when that happened. Mm -hmm. And um, another good contemporary urban legend would be Black Eyed Children. Uh, that I think Brian Bethel wrote about back in the late 90s. So is that an urban legend? Were those actual entities? Jury's still out on that one. But it's really interesting that urban legends are still being created on the internet. And I love reading them. Mm-hmm. Though not all the creepypasta <laughs> is the same. <laughs> exactly. And, and then finally, uh, you, you did your personal experience on the Sedumsville Rectory. Yeah, so it it's a, how do I say, if I had written the entire experience, that was based off of true events. <laughs> I think I can say that. It, if I had written everything that had happened those nights, that the weekend I had been there at the rectory, it would have been longer than our actual anthology because <laughs> there was a lot of action that happened that was paranormal. And to this day, we really don't quite know how to say it. But it surrounded, not how to say it, but it, it was a very crazy night where we were seeing uh, orbs flying around, self-illuminating orbs flying through, um, but uh, ghosts, unexplained phenomenon, um, somebody had lost time, experienced lost time while there. Uh, but the craziest thing that happened was the doppelganger that we witnessed. And it was not just myself, it was um, four other people. But for the ease of reading, I only just focused on the three main characters of that night, which was myself and then two friends of mine. So it's based off of true events. Someday I'll go into the entire story from how I remember it. Oh, and we when we uh, go into the more in-depth interview, which will yeah. be uh, one of the podcasts upcoming, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. um so uh, and and obviously we're going to be kickstarting this uh hopefully it will go live in the next couple weeks mm-hmm. um just in time for halloween i know i know so we're really really excited about i mean the, when we picked the topic uh subject matter it was kind of a no-brainer because everybody loves reading stories about this mm-hmm. and um you know we thought it would be a great thing to write about each year and yeah and we liked sharing stories even before we decided to make the project happen. We mm-hmm. would just kind of tell fun local stories whenever mm-hmm. we would do our drink and draw. 
yeah. event back when we could see other people. <laughs> well, you know, Kat's kind of a magnet when they found out that you worked on a radio show. Uh, like yeah. you hear, you're sort of like a confessional for uh, paranormal tales. Fun thing, I have been like this role since I was in elementary school because people knew that I love strange and spooky stuff. And they would just tell me, hey, my grandmother's house is haunted. And they would go into like ghosts that they thought they witnessed or um, just crazy animals that they saw. Or they found a funny, like not a funny book, but an interesting book about ghosts. They would bring it to me. So at one point, my own personal library of true paranormal books uh, was over 400 or 500 books. So it was heavy to move. It was a few tons. But that actually brings us to the hometown haunt segment. So, yeah, we can have Jen. Let's summon Jen. Yeah. Come back, Jen. I am here. Woo! (laughs) Woo! Kat, I cannot wait to hear the rest of that. That, I was like this. Oh! Mm-hmm. Well, that's the. That's, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> that's the expression I want. Is just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was a crazy weekend. Mm-hmm. See, I like all this stuff, but I don't ever want to experience it. <laughs> oh, but that's the fun part. Like, I absolutely love going with permission. I'm going to stress that with permission of the property owners or caretakers to go visit these places like Mansfield reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. It's where the Shawshank redemption was filmed. Plus a bunch of other Hollywood things, beautiful place. The uh, warden's quarters and the officer officer's quarters, beautiful work. Um, largest freestanding still steel cell block. Mm-hmm. Fun 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 to go investigate at night lots of pigeons and lots of bats yes i've been there two or three times for ghost hunts oh yay i love it up there and i've been wanting to go back it's been like 10 years since i've been Mm -hmm. and yeah i love it up there yes (laughs) i love it too it it's i it's remarkable to go there so sometime we'll take a trip and we will go yeah, to Mansfield Reformatory. I, I was about to ask. But I've not been there. Um, the other place that's fun is the Old Licking County Jail. I know the name sounds ooh. interesting. It's, where mm-hmm. is it? It is... No. No, it's in Newton, Ohio. Or Newtown, okay. Ohio. Okay. So it's about three hours north of here. You just go up towards Columbus, then an hour east. And it is a beautiful neo-gothic jail yeah and uh it i wrote about it in ohio's haunted crime actually and got to go sit there and talk to the people who run it and we had lots of shadow people activity and screaming like yeah there was a woman who she set herself on fire (laughs) back in 1954 oh that's a good reaction because yes um she was running away from a she was a battered spouse basically running away and trying to get shelter at the police state or at the jail because at the time jail houses weren't just where you would go if you did something wrong it was also a safe house so she was there and no that wasn't a ghostly child that was my toddler and um she just 
one thing led to another and she set herself on fire with matches in her cell block on the fourth floor. And to this day, you could be there and you'll just hear screaming randomly in the middle of the night. She was the only female, um, I don't want to call her an inmate because she actually wasn't there in jail. She was just there chilling, waiting to figure out what was going to happen the next day. I think she had taken, ingested a bunch of um, prescription drugs before doing that. So, Um, oof. Sorry, you could probably hear my toddler. That's <laughs> okay. Kind of adds a little bit of ambiance there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this that's what makes the that makes the podcast exciting. You're gonna see my cat here all the time. He just jumped on my desk, and I'm yeah. surprised we haven't seen one of the para pups yet. Oh yeah, the para pups. Yes, one of the three. Well, I'm sure they'll come eventually to the. Yeah. But uh, eventually I, get here. So do we want to kind of t- each go? through our hometown haunts and I mean we've kind of yeah. been doing that because you've been talking about you know hometown haunts mm-hmm. you know, around the state um mm-hmm. who wants to go first do you want to go Jen sure okay Yay. great okay I'll start with I grew up in St. Louis obviously the exorcist um from what I gather so growing up in the 80s my mom was a nurse and she also grew up in St. Louis and uh she used to tell us about and she grew up Catholic. So she used to tell us about this exorcism that apparently happened somewhere in St. Louis. And I used to think it was the hospital she worked at. And when I go and visit her at work, I'd walk around the hospital looking for the room. And of course it was not the hospital because it, where this exorcism, this true exorcism happened was that building I think was torn down in the seventies, but it happened at, um, Washington University or whatever, St. Francis Xavier or something. St. Francis Xavier College Church. Wow. And it happened in 1949. Yes. And it was like a three-month-long, 12-week process mm-hmm. of this little boy from Maryland that was getting, you know, those welts and everything. Like, that kind of stuff was kind of true in the movie like all the welts and everything and Mm -hmm. it's just terrifying the thought of demon possession i i'm not catholic don't really believe but it scares me (laughs) i am terrified of being possessed or having a poltergeist in my house thanks to this story Mm. (laughs) thank you mom (laughs) so that that is my my main one but then i have another one you want me to tell you that yeah And nothing really happened to me when I went there, but it eventually I moved out of St. Louis and moved to St. Peter's and out in St. Charles, there was, um, an old manufacturing building that used to make world war II ammunition Mm -hmm. and they had bunkers all in this forest. And in the early nineties, and I remember about hearing this story, this 12 year old girl, was kidnapped and found murdered out here in the forest. She was tied to a tree and bad things were done to her and she was just left out there. And that case actually was solved within the past couple of years. But anyway, because of that story and this building, I wanted to go, we, me and a group of my friends went out, this building, we called it the Equidome. Not oh. that, that it was really, that's not its real name, but that's mm-hmm. what it was called. And 
they eventually had to tear it down because people kept, you know, trespassing. Yeah. Like I did. <laughs> and, uh, Good of you to just, admit it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'd go out and no trespassing sign was littered with bullet holes. Graffiti <laughs> covered every inch imaginable. Mm -hmm. It just, it was a really cool old building. And I love that stuff. Like going in there and freaking myself out. And I want to go to every little nook in there and see it all. And a couple of my friends that were with me were scared out of their minds. One, one of my friends was holding her, her crucifix fixed necklace praying because she was so scared <laughs> it was in the middle of the day there was no one there but of course you never know right who's hiding in the dark and that's the fun for me i guess but i mean the old bunkers you could get into the old bunkers that were all mm -hmm. in there it was just really cool but then they tore it down in the mid-2000s somewhere because people kept going there and probably getting hurt and doing stupid things mm-hmm that you do in abandoned buildings. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like, graffiti. I find a lot at these places when I do legend tripping. Um, oh, yeah. Or, and it's always kind of humorous to see how people tag things. So many 666, so many Metallica. Because it's so cool stars. when you're a kid. Oh, it's so cool because, yeah. you know. Oh, mm. there, I have pictures. I'll show you sometime. But, like, one was... Uh, graffiti Jesus on the cross mm -hmm. and then this was in the late 90s so a lot of Nine Inch Nails lyrics yeah which of course I recognize because Nine Inch Nails is my favorite band of all time and I'm just mm -hmm. like ah so it just I'm like this isn't scary this is kind of funny but there's also there's a beauty in that graffiti you know oh, it's just we have a sighting. Oh, oh, yeah. so it cute. looks like a little wolf. This what is. A cutie. Thank you. This is Chewbacca. Oh, yeah. Hi, Chewie. He's so My sister had a kitty cat named Chewbacca, and he died this year. Oh, Aww. I'm sorry to hear that. But he was he was all fuzzy and kind of he sounded like Chewie when he would meow and purr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is Chewie. Hi, um, Chewie. <laughs> yes, yes, you're very cute. You broke into the studio. Yes, you did. Because yes. <laughs> he needs attention. Yes. Exactly. He heard you talking and it wasn't to him. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a those are really cool stories. Yeah, it reminds me a lot. The munitions plant reminds me a lot of when people go out looking for Mothman. Yeah. So, yeah. especially because, like, that was the old TNT bunkers. So mm -hmm. that's your story reminded me of that. So yeah, that's fun. Oh, I remember. I kind of miss those days. Just kind of. I mean, now I'm too. As an adult, you kind of get older and more scared of things, and you're like, I could break a leg, and I'd be out there and just die. You know, uh -huh. so, so there are cases of people. Don't think of that. <laughs> there are cases of people like falling down rotted yeah. floors, being yeah. shot at being mm -hmm. shot, being hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely you if you go out urban exploring or legend tripping, yeah, get permission. <laughs> also, the people that generally are the property owners, mm -hmm. if you get permission, they will share more tips and things that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. Christina, you yes. go. Um, 
And and I mean, I'm I'm Cat has the lion's share of of experiences probably. I mean, when I was a kid, we lived out in the country. I I was born in Michigan, but have lived most of, most of my life in Cincinnati. And my father was like Homer Simpson. He was a nuclear engineer, so we lived out in Moscow, Ohio, uh, because he was at the nuclear power plant. And um, we were very into adventuring. And I've been a lot of places you would expect to be haunted, but I haven't seen a lot, which is disappointing. I mean, I've been to Romania a couple times. My friend Iwana and I were walking through a graveyard in Sigishwara and it looked really creepy, but we didn't see anything. I'll have to post a picture of it, uh, or the Mary Cemetery, which is <gasps> a panza. And they call um, sort of Airbnb their pensions, like where you stay at someone's house. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we, we stayed at a place next to the cemetery and I told Troy, we, we got a place next to the cemetery. And he said, is that a selling point? <laughs> some really super creepy pictures but i didn't maybe it's kind of like beetlejuice where it's like you don't see it because you don't want to see it maybe mm-hmm. i don't know i mean i feel like i've been a lot of places around the world and not seen anything mm-hmm. and and maybe it's is it just not seeing it that doesn't mean there's nothing there i don't know i haven't um there's but, the idea of tulpas where if true. you believe it enough it will come to be Hello, mm-hmm. Slenderman again. Yeah. Um, so, so it's it's brought into it's something that's brought into existence. Just by, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, we we always joke about our poltergeist, which we call Peeves, based on you know, Harry Potter. Um, like the first one of the first stories we had, Troy and I were asleep. It was two in the morning, and we woke up to Spike hissing. And our it was winter, so it was cold, and our ceiling fan had come on. But we were both in bed. And mm-hmm. we don't know what it was, but Spike hates that fan and he will not sleep on the bed if the fan's going. So I don't know if like mice were nibbling on it or what caused it, but it freaked him out. We, we Our security system didn't work for, for years. And so we were about to visit Troy's parents and I said, this thing never works. We should call. And of course it went off while we were gone. But, oh man. But where it went off was a door where between, we have French doors between our living room and the catio which there's no way anyone would be there because it's between, it's not at an, a, a real entrance of the house. It's not, mm-hmm. so, so it's not, no, no one breaking in would ever go to that door. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. all the other doors, but it was a door that was, so it was very strange. So we've had a couple sort of weird things like that. And then of course, Jen and I, we saw, we were sketching at that cemetery. You were taking pictures. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And and I and somebody asked me, where are you going to sketch? And I said, I'm going to sketch over there. And all of a sudden, this tree went crack, oh, yeah. and a big branch fell down. You know, just yeah. the I said that, and and I said, yeah. okay, well, not there. Yeah, not there. Something didn't want you there. Wow, <laughs> it, was, it was you were there. It was pretty like it was like yeah, it was there on and point. it went crack, <laughs> and it was a big branch. It was. If you were under it, you would have gotten hurt. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm glad you weren't under it. <laughs> we yeah. were, yeah, we were by the chapel, but, but you know, and actually, we're going to be sketching uh, in October. Uh, I help run the Cincinnati Urban Sketchers, and we always sketch at a cemetery every October. So we'll probably do Spring Grove because we do okay. it a lot, but it's a favorite. I mean, yeah, it's also huge. Well, that's yeah. what it is. You can never go wrong. There's buildings. There's cool graves. I mean, there's got a haunted nice- headstone. So, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I am not from Cincinnati, and I moved here from a tiny little town called Mishawaka, Indiana, the Princess City. And my local 
hometown haunt is the haunted hacienda restaurant which is in the old cam mansion um basically it the Cam family owned K&S Brewery, which was a prolific brewer up in northern Indiana up until 1951. And in 1978, Hacienda Mexican Restaurants purchased the mansion and made it their flagship restaurant, as it still is. And if you need some Mexican food in northern Indiana, it's a decent place to go. It's also said to be very haunted. Uh, the ghost story or urban legend mostly associated with the property is between a man who owned the property and a servant that worked on the property and they had a liaison she got pregnant and he immediately got cold about it and she hung herself in the attic so ever since then her ghost has been seen on the second floor especially in the women's bathroom staring at you from the mirrors and he decided well, he, not, he didn't decide, but he was distraught over what had happened, so he shot himself in the basement. So the people that have worked the bar have claimed that uh, glasses move around on their own accord, they'll find liquor that has moved around, chairs have moved around, they'll hear knocking, they'll hear rapping, there's cold spots, there's orbs that people have witnessed. Um, and I just did a little cursory background history I actually didn't know the mansion belonged to K&S Brewery or K&S Brewery existed until looking into the history for today's podcast. That's how little I knew about Mishawaka, like hyper-local history. So it was a learning experience just today. So uh, did I ever experience anything there? No, maybe heartburn, uh, <laughs> but not anything paranormal. There are places around Mishawaka and northern Indiana that are very haunted, but Hacienda was just one of those fun urban legends. So, and then people always go there and ask about the ghosts to the wait staff. And uh, I'm sure they wait, love that. Yeah, I'm a few sure. of my friends have worked there through college and just would go, sure, we had a woman who hung herself and a man who shot himself in the basement. So, cheery. Do you like your margaritas? So. can i get you anything else <laughs> can i get you anything else? you need a no, refill on your uh, chips and salsa well this has been a great first episode i think it has been yeah this was fun thanks for including me guys oh ladies well, people ladies. <laughs> fellow citizens <laughs> of the queen city <laughs> yes yes um and and uh before we go Kat, you want to give the social media? Yes. So if you have been interested in this podcast and would love to hear more from Christina, Jen, and myself, you can follow us on Twitter at, so at the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities. So on Twitter, it's at Sin Cabinet Curio. And on Instagram, it's at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities. Great. Well, thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Should we give our own personal stuff too? Sure. Um, we can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you want to start? Yeah. So you can find me at Red Cat Comics on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find me at uh, JB Kohler on Instagram. J-B-K-O-E-H-L-E-R. And um, on Instagram, I'm CSW Yellow which is Y-E-L-L-O-K-A-T. 
and um, it's it's almost the same for Twitter. Um, slight variation, but if you type Christina Wald into it, you'll find it. Oh, you can find me at Cat Cloco on Twitter and Instagram as well. Yeah. So but thanks. Thank you for joining us. We'll have more episodes. Please like, subscribe to the YouTube, and follow us for more notifications when we put things up. Hey everyone, Kat here. We forgot to mention one critical thing before ending our film session just a little little bit ago. We forgot to ask for your hometown haunts. So if you have a hometown haunt that you want to share with Christina, Jen, and myself, you can email us at cincycuriosities at gmail.com or you can contact us via the social media links that we gave earlier in the episode. So that would be sin cabinet curio on twitter and cincy cabinet of curiosities on instagram you can just message them to us it email would be better we'll collect them and read them on air for on the different episodes